Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. This is one of the great battles between these two fierce rivals. Three and a half to play. Now the penalty advantage for the All Blacks. He's bringing it back around. The flags are up. All Blacks retake the lead with less than two to play. Yankees finds the Yaga. Penalty from in front. The whistle goes. The Springboks with a chance to win it after the siren. Elton Yankees. Flags are up. What a finale it's been. Spirit, heart, muscle. The Springboks pull off a famous win. An instant classic. Uh, the All Blacks suffer their first defeat of the season on, on Saturday night, of course, going down 31 to 29 to the Springboks and a classic encounter on the Gold Coast. And joining us now to analyse the match and uh, look forward to perhaps a, a little bit to the Northern Tour uh, is Sky Sports' voice of rugby, Grant Nisbet. Good uh, morning to you, Nisbo, this uh, Monday morning. Not often we have to, re- to look back at, at a, an all-black loss. What did you make of it, mate? G'day, Smithy. Um, I found it pretty disappointing, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't think we'd made any progress from the week before. Um, I think the story of the game was the Springboks played better, and I expected. I think everybody expected they would, but I didn't think we showed much. Um, you know, we went uh, two second halves against the Springboks without scoring a try. Now, the All Blacks are noted for their ability to break teams down and then cash in in the last 20 minutes or so, but in the first test, we couldn't score a try in the second half. We had to rely on Geordie Barrett, and in the second test, same thing. And just that lack of composure, you know, you get the ball with a minute to go, all you've got to do is kill it for a minute, and we can see the penalty. Um, it was just, uh, it, it was highly disappointing. It was disappointing, uh, and it was also, I think, we were caught on the hop. I mean, it's not very often we are, but I, I'm not sure that they expected the Springboks to play that way with so much ball in hand. I, I reckon they were really caught out by that. I think you're right, um, but they shouldn't have been because, you know, anyone who's watched the, the Springboks over the years know that they can produce that sort of rugby when it suits them. Uh, the first test match, they had no real intent when it came to passing the ball, but um, they had to change something. I mean, if you, you look into the psyche of the Springboks, you'd have to say, if, you, if they were analysing the game, they had to change something, and they weren't going to win by just kicking it every single time. So what were they going to change? They were going to move the ball when it was advantageous to do so, and they did. And um, we should have been able to predict that. We were pretty average uh, over the ball. We gave away a hell of a lot of penalties, and uh, that's why I say it was a disappointing performance. Okay, let's uh, look at uh, what Nenuba did tactically. And just before half time, uh, he changed his entire front row, the whole front row. And, and we, you know, you see tactical changes often, but not that many 
just prior to a break. So what he was looking at the window at obviously didn't please him. It made a hell of a difference. Well, I did. I think the, I think the reserve front row is is better than the starting front row, and I think he acknowledges that. And he just wanted to get them on a bit earlier, and it's almost unprecedented, really. That normally happens early in the second half, if it's going to happen at all. I don't think I've ever seen an entire front row changed uh, five minutes before half time, so that was quite remarkable. And as I say, I'm pretty sure he got his best front row uh, on the park at that stage. Uh, the other guys looked like they might have been running out of puff, and uh, fair enough, it was a fairly high-speed game. But I think tactically, it was a great move on his part, and so also was the replacement of Lily LaRue, who had a bit of a nightmare. To get Franz Stain on, um, he made one heck of a difference as well. So, I mean, I think, I think the Springboks uh, can probably say, and uh, rather smugly say, they won the battle of the tactics in this test. He's got big France stain, hasn't he? I mean, I, you know, I look in the mirror a bit and disgust it myself, but uh, he's got massive, that bloke. Yeah, he has. He has. He's spent a lot of time uh, playing in France, etc., etc. so I suppose frog legs and what have you, Smithy, but um, <laughs> uh, he's still a very good tactical, tactical player, and he's got a massive punt on him, and he was sound under the high ball, whereas Billy LaRue was terrible under the high ball, so... Um, look, he wasn't afraid to make changes, and I think really the story of this test match is that they... Uh, the Springboks got a lot more impact off the bench than what we managed. So you know, I know we've got a, two or three players at home that we did, couldn't have. That who would have played? Of course, Whitelock would have played. Aaron Smith would have played, uh, and any starting fifteen. Sam Kane's due back shortly. But what have we learnt anything? Have we gone forward in any department in the game uh, in these last um, matches over over in Australia? Well, yeah. I mean, it looked all so rosy, didn't it? Uh, you know, we beat Australia 3-0 and we, we put the Pumas away fairly readily. But uh, when it came to the crunch, um, we didn't look as though we'd made a heck of a lot of progress. Uh, obviously, we feel we've got tremendous depth. But uh, when that depth is exposed against the very best team, you've got to wonder, really. As I say, there was very little impact off the bench. The lineouts were terrible, and one thing I do, um, and, and I've always been a wee bit this way, advocating contesting in lineouts, because rugby is a game where you must contest possession. You simply must. And to see teams lamely letting the opposition have lineouts really annoys me. And right across the board, club rugby, provincial rugby, super rugby, international rugby, it annoys me. But uh, the Springboks put players up. They contested our ball, and we were found wanting. And really, that uh, you know, they turned over three or four of our lineouts, and at the end of the day, that could have been the difference between winning and losing. I, I look at it, and, and I think you know, if we had to pick another team tomorrow, we don't for a while, obviously. Uh, but if we had to pick another one tomorrow, I, I'm still I've got no idea who they play on the wing. I, I've got no idea what the loose forward trio would be. I've got no idea who'd be at centre. Uh, uh, it, sort of, am I am I alone in that? No, you're not alone at all. You're not alone at all. Um, look, the wingers are all much of a muchness, aren't they? Um, there's no really outstanding winger in the, in, the, in the three or four that we have over there. Um, the midfield is uncertain. Uh, Anton Leonard-Brown looked like he might have been short of a gallop, unfortunately. I mean, he's a, he's a quality player. We all know that. Um, David Arbeli has had a great season, but uh, he was a bit of a non-event on Saturday. The Springbok... Midfield really stood up. I mean, Dale Ende and uh, and Arm played really, really well. And our midfield just didn't get a crack. 
And as for the mix of the loose forwards, well, who knows? I mean, you've got Sam Kane, you've got Shannon Frizzell, both back here in New Zealand at the moment. Uh, whether they um, whether they play a big part on the Northern Tour remains to be seen. Sam Kane hasn't played for Bay of Plenty, and so um, it's a bit of a worry that he's got absolutely no game time uh, behind him. Um, I think the real standout on Saturday, or two standouts really, were Artie Savia and uh, and Geordie Barrett. They were the two best All Blacks on the field by quite some distance. I'm still not sure that the captaincy sits that well with Artie. I think he'd prefer just to get on and play the game and let others make uh, some of the big decisions. Um, but he was he was absolutely outstanding in uh, in terms of the All Black forward pack. And Geordie Barrett, where the hell would we be without him at the moment? Well, yeah, and then you have the confidence, though, in this panel to turn around and say, well, you know, if we picked another team tomorrow, would Geordie be at fullback? I mean, I got a question this morning to to say, well, would you put him on the wing and put Bowden back there if uh, Richie Moonga came in? I mean, why are we asking them so, ourselves these questions all the time? Why, no, why no, haven't we got s- no, we some more be. cement we... about the team? Yeah, look, <clears throat> you play your best players in the best positions, and the best fullback in the country at the moment is Geordie Barrett. And that's it. That's it. So he plays there. And, um, and you know, all the rest have to fit around. I mean, fiddling around playing Geordie Barrett on the wing is, is hopeless. Absolutely hopeless. He'd, he'd be the first to say he's not a winger. There are better wingers around than him. And uh, I think this concept of just putting your best 15 players out on the field and uh, finding a position for them, that's finished. Surely that's finished. Geordie, uh, yeah, absolutely right. Geordie at, at fullback for me. Start at the back. and But then you come down to, you work your way through a, a reshuffled every week back line and you come to halfback, which is also uh, reshuffled. Of course, Aaron Smith not there and we've got to live without him until uh, after Christmas. We know that. So do we have a starting nine? Was Weber convincing enough for you? Well, I think he's probably got his nose in front, um, Smithy. Uh, TJ just looks a little off the pace to me at the moment, and whether he plays himself, you know, we we know that he didn't play um, very much rugby, came back from uh, Japan, where the standard of rugby, quite frankly, is way below international, we all know that, and to expect a bloke to come from that back into international rugby is expecting way too much, so I'd have Weber, I'd have Weber there as clearance, uh, he's brave, uh, he's fast, <clears throat> so I see him, I see him at the moment, if we're picking a team to play uh, France or Wales or somebody tomorrow, then I'm, I've got Weber at number nine and TJ coming off the bench. We need, uh, I mean, we need the All Black captain back. I mean, uh, it's Sam Kane. Sam Kane, he was the appointed one. Uh, I don't think they can get him back in enough of a hurry because I, when you change captains all the time, and I've been in teams where you, you change your captains, there's a different feel ev- under every captain. It's just that the, every human is different. Everyone's different the way they lead things. But we need to get back to one leader making decisions and making damn sure uh, when it comes to the crunch, we don't concede penalties. That must have been the clearest message going into that last minute or two. Yeah, absolutely agree. And of course, uh, not only the leadership qualities of Sam Kane, but not having Sam Whitelock there as well. Obviously, if uh, if he'd been available, he would have been captain in Australia. Um, Mm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It it just needed somebody to say, look, boys, we've got a minute to try and kill this game off. Uh, let's not make any mistakes. And I heard you, I heard the sermon from the pulpit, and you're absolutely right. You give an English referee a chance to decide the game, and they'll take it. They'll absolutely take it. Yeah, it was very, it was very frustrating, and and it, you could almost see it unfolding 
in front of your eyes. He just wanted to be um, a big part of it. And, and it, as the game went on, it was more and more apparent. So, okay, uh, Nisbo, where to from here, of course? Um, the, 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 it seems we've got a bigger an issue against the big, strong teams who match us and sometimes are a bit more powerful than us. So what, what do you think we have to do, in, in all honesty, as we head north now? Well, we've just got to muscle up, uh, Smithy. Um, you know, physically, uh, we we tried to match the Springboks. Maybe we matched them. I'm not sure. We certainly didn't dominate them. I think the big game on this uh, on this venture north is going to be the French, quite frankly, because that's where the World Cup is being held in a couple of years' time. We know how they've uh, developed. They sent a second-string team down to Australia and were good enough to take them uh, to three matches and... I know that Wales will be tough, they always are, uh, but they haven't beaten us for a while. Ireland, of course, have got good recent history over us, but I do think the big match is against the French, and uh, you come up against the French in Paris on, on, um, you know, on a big night, and that's going to be really, really tough. And I think that's where we'll get a gauge of just where this all-black team sits uh, with a couple of years out from the World Cup. Good on you, mate. Uh, as always, Nisbo, thanks for your very honest appraisal. Uh, on that all-black loss, um, and go, well, we might uh, might even catch you at a game of rugby shortly at some point. Well, it's lovely. I'll see you at Napier on Saturday, mate. Oh, the big one. The big one. Good on you, mate. The big one, mate. Well, yes, it should be a beauty. I look forward to it. Okay, Nisboke, we shall uh, we shall try and um, and perhaps have a, a, a tipple afterwards if time permits. So there you go. All the best, man. Good on you, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Grantness, but there is uh, always with a very honest appraisal. Uh, he's seen more rugby tests than most of us put together, and he's right. And everything he said there, that was not good. And it was, um, I, I can't, it's, it's not crucial in that they've already put the, the trophies in the cabinet. There's no problem about that. You know, they've got the championship, they've got the Freedom Cup, they've got everything in the bank. So, uh, mission accomplished in that department. But we do expect a lot, and uh, we didn't get a lot.